We're back here, episode two of the Rebirth of Life and Love podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Insert Sponsor, but outside of that, we are talking, continuing our conversation that we had in episode one about our five stages of the relationship. Today, stage two, quick recap of last time. We meet, we start we a date, love. we start to date, we talked about what were uh, red flags, what were must-haves, mm-hmm. uh, talking about investing in your, your partner's uh, potential future and all that. We posed a few questions to y'all, to the audience, you know, how do you like to be approached, all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So carry on with the story. The next iteration of Ooh. what we went through, you know, we're dating now we're faced with as a couple you know and this is about like a year basically it's two years in two almost two and a half years in we're faced with our first uh not roadblock but we're faced with our first huge decision Mm -hmm. do you want to take them into what happened i will in 2013 outside the seahawks winning the super bowl well i also feel like we can't forget about like just becoming exclusive like we were dating and then it was like it's us like it's me you you were on some. You're trying to be Cassie so bad. <laughs> that was my song back in what, 07? Yes. But it was, it was me and you. You know, we were like, you're my one. And it was the longest time I, long, yeah, longest I've been in a relationship. So it was serious for me. And then he got the opportunity to go back to school. So you're about to go to grad school. There's a couple different places that you were looking at, but you got into Gonzaga in Spokane, Washington. Yeah. It was either San Jose State, University of Portland, Gonzaga were really the two or the three. Yeah. And for me, I was just at a point where I was done writing track. I'd done this internship and I was trying to like apply to different jobs and really get my footing into being a major gift officer doing fundraising work. So... I wanted to stay at Seattle UW. When you got to Gonzaga, I was like, okay, we're going to do long distance. Yep. Like, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, I'm not moving for you. Like, as she shouldn't. And, it was and like, I didn't expect her to either. We, we were talking about making it work. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and like, it was going to be a small chapter in our lives because you were only going to be there for like two years, was your program. Yes. So and you felt like you didn't want to live in Spokane. Like, you were like, Spokane is not for me. So it was like, I'm not going to leave and move for, for nothing. I applied for a handful of jobs and you know how they'd be saying, you know, like, okay, women apply for jobs that they can do a hundred percent of the things I was applying for jobs that I was like, could do three of the 10, um, 10 tasks. Cause like there was no discovery roles for fundraising in the school that I wanted to go to. So I got a lot of no's like, Hey, no, you're not qualified yet. Hey, no you don't have everything you need for this position. So I was like, man, like really feeling defeated. And Rome was like, they got a, a job over at Gonzaga. Yeah, I just happened to saw, see it. Cause it's like, I was moving down there. And of course, like I was gonna go to school full time and then figure it out by second semester. Because really like, you know, what's the test? It's not the GMAT, but it's- GRE. GRE. The test to get in there, like I barely passed that. And then it was like a, Gonzaga is such a like prestigious school 
that like, I mean, from an academic standpoint, like you got to be up there. And so basically, I actually, when I got in, I started that first semester on probation, which was basically like if I fell below, like I think it was 2.8 or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. that I would be kicked out of school essentially. And so I was like, all right, first semester, like I got enough in savings to where I can get through. Then I'll find a job once I kind of get, you know, get the probation taken off. And so I just happened to be, you know, looking because I was trying to find um, a roommate and everything. And that's actually a crazy situation because I um, I met someone and this was like one of those Craigslist things. Uh, Again, it was 2013 and he was supposed to uh, move out there from I forget where, but he was going to one of the community colleges out there. And so we had planned to to get two bedroom, two bath apartment and at close to the last minute when we had to like turn everything in and all that stuff like that, he just went ghost. So now I'm like, what do I do? So I sign on for a one bedroom again. It wasn't in the plan financially, but I can figure it out because I'm pretty good at figuring out when I have to figure something out. So she find, I find this job, send it to her. She's mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know. I don't think so because you were a little, um, scared off by just some of the stuff they were asking for and it was the, the can we say like what it was one of the schools that she oh it was have. the law school okay I it didn't was know law we, school I it was fine it was just more of like i didn't have a whole lot of experience even though like my major with law society and justice i was like i don't know if law is for me i thought i wanted to do kind of like fundraising for everything rather than just for one school so he sends me a job i'm like i don't know and then the next week i get a call from an opportunity from a job that I had made it through the round and I got to the very last round. So you were a finalist. I was a finalist. It was me and one other person. And so I thought I did well. They gave me a call and I'm thinking they're calling me to tell me that they're offering me the job and they said the other candidate backed out. And so I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, we have to have two candidates. And so we're going to open it back up. It's going to be another six to eight weeks until we get back to the round where you are but you don't need to interview again or apply. You're good. Just hold off for six to eight weeks. I'm just like, wow. When you like, need a job, that's crazy to ask somebody to do. Right? And I and I didn't have anything at that point. I was actually um, a personal trainer. So I was doing the personal training, doing this internship. The internship ran out. And the only way I was able to make my meet my bills is because I had both of them. So now I'm just down to one. I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. We didn't see each other a lot back then because... It was grind mode. Yeah, it was grind mode. So then I'm like, okay, well, let me just apply. I'll apply. At this point, maybe this is a sign. Who was it a sign? I apply. So let me rewind real quick. The UW role, it took me about eight weeks to get through everything. Okay? So I apply at Gonzaga. We'll just say July 1st. Apply July 1st. They call me the 4th. I interview on the phone the 5th. They fly me out the seventh. They offer me a job the eighth, and I accepted on the ninth. <laughs> and I was leaving on the thirteenth. Yeah, like everyone was leaving like a week later. I'm on a month-to-month lease. I get I sell all my stuff because I already got all my stuff off of Craigslist. Anyways, I sell all my stuff. I tell my landlord, "Hey, this is the last month." I had to give him like two weeks head notice. Uh, uh, yeah, two weeks notice, and he was fine because he's like, "You've been here for like." five years and so great i'll let you slide so in my lease 
Rome's lease is about to start. He was going to need someone to co-sign. I'm moving in with him. So then I'm on the lease. And now that I have a job and they also offered me the same pretty much starting pay that would have got paid in Seattle, but we're moving to Spokane. Cost of living is like way less there. So it's actually like an increase for me as far as pay. And they, they pay for me to move out there. And I start August 1st. And I want to clear some of that. I needed a co-signer because I didn't have a job. Correct. Not because of my credit. My credit is A1. Oh, I just yeah, want to yeah. throw that out there. Because he was going there for school. And so he didn't have a job. He didn't have, he wasn't going to be working when he got there. And yeah. so they were like, uh. But anyway, so like all of that. And I just feel like there's so many moments in life where you are fighting against something. You feel like it's not for you. And God's going to keep showing up. And like sometimes he has to be like shake you to be like, this is for you. You need to go this route. And in this case, all she needed was a chocolate man uh, to let her know. <laughs> but it really was like I needed to be in Spokane with you. Like that was a time in our relationship where it brought us closer together. And I think we both were like, okay, we want like you're my person. But if we can live together. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Let's, let's get to we the shit. We're going to know you're like we're for each other. And that was like the trial period. Listen. Like I've been watching. Hold on, I've been watching Ultimatum and they had the trial marriage. That was our trial marriage. Like we moved in together. I had never lived with another with a man like a, a significant other. You had neither, right? Not with them, not with a like significant a, other. Like a girlfriend, boy. I, I, like, I had a female um, roommate in college, though. Oh, yeah, I met that girl. Yeah. She, yeah, I forgot about her. She was like, oh, I live with your husband. I'm like, <laughs> wait, sis, who are you? <laughs> Anyways, I met your <laughs> But yes, so it was a first for both of us. And, whoo. I always said, I'm like, and I'll, I'll say this to this day, that I you should never like marry someone and be with them long-term if you don't live with them first. Like I, I understand the biblical aspect and the of old school everything aspect, and yeah. the old school aspect of everything. Cause when it comes down to it, like if you can't like adjust to someone's like lifestyle and how mm -hmm. they live and you're like now tied into that, you're, you're going to be miserable the whole relationship. And it's just like, why? Like, so in my head, I'm just like, I need to, you know, again, like I stayed with her during the weekends because, you know, I live with my mama. So I was like, yeah, how I, I see how she lives somewhat. She she doesn't really know how I live when I have space. She And so like the one thing that I that, that I think helped us and this is, you know, really getting into the topic of today is two individuals coming together for one collective union mm. Um, going into it, I'm like, all right, I, regardless of us living together or not, I can't be up under somebody 24 seven. I need my space, whether mm -hmm. be in the living room or one in the room, like y'all know I'm sick all the time. So I'm in the bed most of the time, but like, I just needed space. And so when we, cause Felicia, when she moved down, um, was able to move into the apartment I already had. And then we asked to get a bigger one, which Yes, yeah, so one, one came available. Yeah, one bedroom, one bath, and one came available. Two bedrooms, two baths. Like, that was the blessing because even though we had the guest room that we didn't use, yeah, that place was spacious enough to where, like, if Felicia wanted to um, watch TV in the living room, 
I could be in the room. Mm-hmm. If Felicia, you know, wanted to be in the room, I could play video games out in the living room. Yeah, so. it did. It gave us the space which we needed and right. it put us through a trial of, okay, what are things that I do that annoy you? What are things that we, I do that I don't even realize I do. Like leave shoes in the middle of the stair or like at the because bottom of the stairway just and just, cause like, yeah, that shit will always blow my mind. I'm sitting here like, where does this make sense to leave shoes like at the very bottom of the stairs or like in a uh, walkway? In the walkway. It's like, I'm sis, a, come on, bro. I just be in the moment. I take them off and then I don't think about the person behind me. But yes, you know, like, are we, is he messy? Because he only had one room in his mom's house. So it's like, it was cluttered. Well, here's the and thing. And so to me, I was like, I had, what she saw, had two rooms. I had, I had, Ooh, I had the room I slept in and then the other room, which used to be my old room. He his clothes on. He didn't My clothes would them. be in there. You still don't fold your clothes. And whatever. so, okay. But whatever. Yeah, that was the one thing. And so, <laughs> so she thought, she just assumed that I would probably be messy because of that. But granted, two small rooms. And now like, like I feel like we each pretty much share the the load of cleaning stuff up. Like she'll clean up like if there's dishes in the sink, in my opinion, I'm like, all right, the dishes could wait until whenever like I'll put them in the dishwasher or whatever. That can wait. But if there's like on the floor or like everywhere, like all over the house, like I'm gonna pick that up and straighten it up. Like there's gonna be a clear walkway. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be able to see the floor, like you're gonna be able to like it's not gonna be too cluttered on the on the outside of the house, but there just may be dishes in the sink. Yeah, and my clothes might still be in the laundry basket. You give or are take. a tidy upper. I'm a cleaner. Like I'm gonna deep clean some stuff. I'm gonna wipe things down, and Roman's just gonna like make them look nice. No, I'm like, a clean too. Yeah. Well, I think every it, every two weeks I'm a clean. Oh, ooh, the, yes. And so we also realized, like, when it came to clean, the things we like to clean. And you're like, I don't do bathrooms. I yeah. hate bathrooms. And so I, I was ain't like, cleaning no, nowhere where nobody boo boos at. <laughs> Not even your own self. Like, and growing up, that was my, like, I was the, I did laundry and I did the bathroom. So I could do that. And then Rome was like kitchen and like vacuuming and things like that. And so, like, we definitely found our, like, okay, what's our role? What are the things you're going to do? What I'm, I'm going to do? But I think that it allowed us to dive deeper into realizing, like, we're both very much individuals but we're a team and it's like how does that work and i feel like so many people always ask us about that because what we could have done is move to this new place not know anybody and then just became co-independent on each other that part and we didn't we did the opposite it was like okay you've got school you end up being a grad assistant for gonzaga women's basketball i had a job i ended up being a track coach and so we found things that we enjoyed and that we loved to separate and I think that that saved us because we have hobbies that we do for ourselves and we have things we do together. We went on dates, but like we found our own friend group and we found friends together. And I just see so many couples that once they get in a relationship, it's just that person and they forget their friends or they need to do everything together. And I just, we've never been that. No, the biggest blessing is the fact that she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go here. And I'm like, all right, I'm not. <laughs> and, and I was go. fine. And like, And we both do that. Like, I go places by myself, too. And it's just like, I I can't, like, if she she all the time was like, oh, can I come? I'd be like, sis. (laughs) Like, I'm literally just going to walk around H&M. Like, you don't need to, you don't, you you sit this one out. And, like, I I got into golf while I was there. And I joined a women's league. And I go by myself to the driving range. And I I feel like I would ask you, 
like, hey, do you want to golf? You want to do this? And after I got so many no's, I'm like, okay, this is not his thing. So we'll find something else that is our thing, but this is not it. body. Yeah. You want to play video games and there was other things. You want to go shoot hoops. And so it's like, okay, I can go rebound for you. And then there's other places where it was like, let that be his safe haven. Let that be his, his peace. Because I think too much of anybody is just too much. You know, I know too much of myself. Like I need to find time for myself and you needed that for yourself. So I needed it for myself. And again, like I just, you, it's too easy to fall into that codependency, Mm -hmm. especially for us moved to a new place. Didn't know anybody. I know a lot of people that do that. And truly I urge you all to try to like do things on yourself that like don't involve your significant other, your spouse or whomever, just because like you'll you'll thank yourself for it because when it comes down to it it's like i talked about in episode one if you haven't listened or watched it go back and listen and watch but just talking about how the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important one Mm -hmm. and you have to pour into that and truly like if you want to be good for someone else you have to work on yourself can be good for yourself yeah exactly and you have to know what your triggers are. You have to know what brings you peace. You have to know what brings you joy. And you have to be able to like self-regulate all those things. And so finding that time to find out who I am allowed me to show up as my best for you. And then as we become parents, also to show up my best for Callie. And I think we'll dive deeper into parenthood, but it's like sometimes we pour so much into others that we forget about ourselves. And creating that foundation in stage two early on is allowed us to have the longevity that we have now and to keep things fresh. It did. Cause again, like even though we were two individuals, like there were still a lot of things like where we relied on each other. Cause Felicia paid the rent, but I used my student loan to pay the other bills. Mm-hmm. Granted the rent was larger than the other bills, but like, that's how we did it. It was almost like the, you know, Gabby and D Wade situation where it's like 50, 50. And I know that's a problem for a lot of people because there's a lot of people who feel that you have to pay as a man, a hundred percent of the things. And if not, you're a buster, but like you, you know, again, kind of had the luxury of like, yeah, you were going to work, but like I was going to the store I was cleaning up. Like I had meals made. Sometimes I didn't because like sometimes it's just like, all right, it's too much to just cook all this stuff because um, we meal prepped a little bit back yeah. then. But again, it was just like I played my role um, like it needed to be played. And we also talked about again in last episode before you can take over. But last episode again, where it's like you have to understand where you lead and where you co-pilot. Oh. And so that was kind of the area where I was leading, even though she was the breadwinner at that point. I was like, all right, let me lead in these other areas and make sure that everything is squared away. This house is clean and all this stuff like that. Um, because again, like we're, we're all going for the same thing. Like we all have this picture of family. We all have this picture of success. Mm-hmm. We all have this picture of what a life together looks like yeah. and would mean. And we're both willing to play our part to get it, to get yeah. that. Well, you mentioned roles and I feel like it goes into this like, idea of gender roles and we've never been traditional in that sense and i feel like 
you have to be strong in who you are because when you've got an untraditional idea of the role you play in your relationship, others come in and try to say and talk down on it. Ooh, girl, you got a job and he don't? Ooh, girl, you paying what bills? And guess what? Ooh, and, they, girl, and they did it. But know? ask where they are now. So you you get that outsiders like talking in your ear. And I had to be confident in knowing like this makes sense for us. And so like the Gabby and D-Way, like that was what works for them. They were talking about how they have. So the Gabby D-Way, she talked about how even though he's worth more, his net worth is more, she still wants to pay half of things, you know, yep. because they both have family that they care for and that they cover their bills yep. outside they support their relationship. 100%. Yeah. And so it was like, I don't need him to pay for all of my things. I, I want to come to this relationship and pay 50. I want to come and pay half. And so that's how we were early on. It was like, I knew that I was a breadwinner, but the job that you were going to get because of the grad school, you were, like the degree you were getting, the threshold was going to be higher. Like you were going to the tech industry. I knew that mm. you were eventually going to make way more than I did. And it happened. Yeah. But if in this place, in this season of our life, that I need to cover a majority of the bills, so be it. But you also were the one cooking majority of the time. Or because I was working from nine to five and your class might have been two hours here, an hour here. Like you said, going to the grocery store. And that's what worked for us. And then mm -hmm. as we have evolved and become, you know, partners and husband and wife, it's still kind of that. Like you still are for a while were the one like leading going to the grocery store and cooking because it also is something that you enjoy. Like you're good at. I don't like to cook. That's not my thing. I'll make breakfast food, but my cooking is not on some top notch and Rome can taste something, smell something, like, ooh, it's missing this. Like He's one of those kind of guys. And, and everything has so much flavor. It's so good. But someone will be like, oh, so is Felicia making dinner? And it's like, don't assume that I won't be the one in the kitchen. Like, that's not who we are. <laughs> and that is fine. And I'm confident in that. Like, I don't, I don't, there's no insecurities that I feel. Whereas back then, I might have. Yeah, no, back then, back then, you definitely would have. Because again, like, it, I mean, we all, the, the people who cook the most know that, like, sometimes you just don't want to do it. It sometimes it's just like, all right, like maybe you do it this time. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's probably not the healthiest habit, but we're fortunate to now when I don't feel like it and she doesn't feel like it, we just get Uber Eats. Yeah. And so that would be a great sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, truly like we, we play the role that needs to be played in the moment. Yeah. That's just it. If I need to cook, I'm a cook. Her dad was here. Her dad usually cooks stuff, mm -hmm. you know, for her. For her, um, one night I made food for them. Like we were talking about these chicken wings and all that oh, stuff like that. And the uh, best wings. it's oh. funny because I hadn't until Roman was born, um, which is our son. If you guys are just now following this this journey, but I didn't eat meat. I was vegan. Yeah, for how long? Five years. Years since 2016. Yeah. And on and off, though, like I had a few spells where I would eat a little bit of meat. tipped it by the chicken by Wingstop. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I wouldn't feel well or I would feel well, would not feel well. And then I would go back vegan. And so, like, I was like, all right, one of the first things I did was was make wings. And um, I've been seeing all these wing recipes on TikTok, just how how they do it, because I'm just like. Oh my God, like it just dawned on me, like the way that everybody's getting their wings crispy is baking soda or baking powder. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I got to try this. So I tried it and I was like, it was schmacking. So then 
I let Felicia try it. And like, you know, one of the recipes we used to have back in the day is, is you make it like sweet and savory where you put, you know, like seasoned salt and then you, you drizzle honey on top of it so after good. you fry them hard. So and she was like, Ooh, what is this? And then I just started making them ever since. And then her dad came and was like, Oh, like he smelled, <laughs> what did he say? He said he smelled the, uh, the chicken from down the block. Yeah. He was out for a like walk, that. y'all. He went out for this like <laughs> three mile walk and he's coming down the street. He's like, smell that chicken from down the street yeah he came back back and like what was that like it, there wasn't enough for him so i'm like all right i'll make some more and so i told him you know i'm just like listen if if you're not sneezing it ain't seasoned <laughs> so i was seasoning he started i'm like all right i know it's ready it's ready and so i ended up making it and then you know he ate it and again it was just it was it was good. It was, it was like fine for him. And this is not, it's not something I do all the time. It's not something that like I like to do all the time. But again, in that moment, I'm like, nah, I'm a, I'm the, I'm the pappy. I'm a cook today <laughs> and I'm gonna let it go. So, yeah. And I don't want to jump around too much, but I just was thinking about how, uh, like knowing your role and knowing what you bring to the table and how that's been for us as parents. Because yeah. I think that as women, we can take on so much the responsibility of the children. And I, we always talk about this whole, like what inspired you, what, what tried you. But like, I've been very thankful of how present you have been in this stage of parenthood and being a chameleon in a sense of just like taking on the role that is needed in that moment. And as we're talking, I'm like, oh, that started from like our early days mm -hmm. because I am Roman's source of food, you know? So I'm breastfeeding and you know that there's only so many things you can do, mm -hmm. but what you can do is like change them in the morning. You can take on that diaper change. You can get him dressed. You can rock him, hold him. Engage with them. Yeah. Give and it's just break. like, oh, the break is needed. It's so needed. And I mm -hmm. feel like I, there's not a lot. You don't see that all the time. Mm -mm. You don't see that. And then, like, again, just because I said, um, and this the promise has to do with the individual thing, but, like, coming together. When Roman came out, knowing that Roman was going to need, you know, his mom and breastfeeding. And I was like, and we still have all these nurseless nights open. Mm -hmm. So automatically I'm just like, okay, so, like, now... Callie became my number one priority and not that Callie wasn't my number one priority, but me and Felicia were splitting the night shifts. Me and Felicia's dad were splitting the night shifts. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do all of them because you're going to be up every few hours with Roman. But now I'm going to make sure that, that I'm going to be caring for Callie. I'm going to be there for Callie. I'm going to be there for Callie's appointments. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be there for Callie's speech therapies like so we're, we're almost like dividing and conquering yes. because that's what we needed to do and you know in this upcoming season it's going to be interesting we're going to face the same kind of challenge slash situation where um you know i got laid off from my tech job and now i'm gonna go full-time creator slash work for myself but a lot of what i'm going to be doing for both kids is i'm basically going to be with roman all day when felicia's in the office and then I'm going to be with Callie, you know, one night of the week now, but whatever appointment she has, you know, I'm going to be the one taking her. Um, we're going to be going to the park. We're going to be going to, you know, different things because we want to continue what she's done in school and her mm -hmm. school schedule. So 
Um, I'm just here to play the part that I need to play just because like, you know, the athlete cliche is just like you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Yes. And for those who are finding our podcast and are like, what are they talking about? Staying up for Cali? Like, go follow our YouTube channel. Um, it's just Felicia A. Johnson. Spell and your name. Spell different. F-A-L-E-S-H-A Johnson. And you'll learn that our daughter, Kalia, we call her Callie, was born with a rare syndrome called Pfeiffer syndrome. And I'm not going to dive all the way into it because we're going to talk a lot about it later on. But it has put us on a journey of being medical parents. She has a trach. She has a G-tube. So she has multiple appointments with a very complex team of doctors at the hospital. And so we are... Explain. She has a trach to breathe. So if you touch your neck... Your trachea, yeah. right where your clavicle, um, where it may, basically meets like your sternum and that little soft spot in your neck, the trachea. Callie has a tube there to breathe because her upper airway is small. Right. That's what we call a trach. Yeah. So the G tube. The, the oh, G tube is connected to her stomach and gastrointestinal tube. So that's how she eats. So we are creating her food. Ro makes her food. Puree and, poppy. Right. And we have a pump that pumps food into her belly. And so because of the trach, because of the G-tube, we have nurses who are with us during the day and they do all the things. They are like a medical nanny in a sense. They care for Cali. We're all very present, but like they are there to help with any airway treatment she has. She needs suctioning a lot to get the mucus out of her throat and out of her like airway. Um, they also are there at night. But with the pandemic, with COVID, all the things, nursing support has been a strain. Like scarce. It's, it's been yeah. And so the night nurses has been something that we haven't had like consistent care. And so what that looks like at night, we feed her at night because she only can eat so much because she's not eating my mouth. And so if you think about the nutrients you have to get, you have to blend that. And for that to be all water-based and liquid-based, it's a lot on her stomach. So she has to have food at night, medicine at night. She needs suctioning. So if that airway, if that trach, which is like super narrow, I'll have to put a picture it's up like for a those. Straw. Yeah, it's like a straw. And so if that gets blocked because we oversleep and don't suction her a few times, that is how she breathes. It could be fatal. You know, and so... We are sleeping, but we're like, if there's a three stages, like you're in like, is it the rim or like, it's like one eye open sleep, basically yeah, like you're, you're you there, but you're still conscious. You hear her like, I'm to the point to where like she breathes different or at a different cadence. And I'm like, you know, putting my head up because there's just certain things that you, uh, s certain signs that you could just hear. Right. And so that's what Rome means when he's like, I'm watching Callie at night. He's in there getting some sleep. His mom comes in the morning to relieve him like at 4 a.m. And so that is just our life right now. And that is just how we have to show up as parents for our daughter because that's how she needs us. Mm -hmm. And it goes back into playing your role and doing what is needed at that time. People always say, you guys are so strong. I don't know if I could do what you're doing. You would. Because when you become a parent and when you decide to bring life into this world, you need to give them what they need. That's the part where, you know, we'll get into this later, but re relationships are very much like parenting with parenting. The reason why people go so wrong with parenting. And yes, I feel confidently saying this as a parent of three years, but people go wrong because they parent 
how they think they should parent and not by what the kid needs. Mm. So as a husband, as a spouse, as a father, like I can't show up how I think I should show up. I have to show up how she needs me, how Callie needs me, how Roman needs me to show up. Right. And that's how you unlock all of it. And by and able to know what I need, there needs to be clear communication and there needs to be an awareness. So for us, it's like, he can't show up for me unless I am very clear and these are the things I need. So I am doing my best to ask for help, to be clear and like, I need you to get Roman ready. I need you to come in at 4 a.m. and do X, Y, and Z. And then with your children, it's different because they can't talk to you, you know? So now you just have to be very present and listen and watch. And so with Callie, it's like, we can read her energy and her mood. We know how she breathes. We're like, oh, she's extra gunky or, oh, she's in this, like, she's sick, you know, she needs cuddles. She needs, there's just so many things, but we have to be listening. And for her with being medical child, we have to do our research too. And we know that she needs to gain weight. She needs to breathe this way. Like, how do we get the trach out? There's just so much that we've then had to really be in tune to who she is. And I think it's made us just better in our relationship because of that. Yeah. But again, this is about the relationship, not the kids. You'll hear about the kids in a later stage. But right now, we move in. We're figuring it out. We're learning from each other. And once you, like, knock over that domino, like, the rest is easy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, to, to tee up what we're going to talk about, you know, next in, in getting married, it's just, like, a lot of people always ask, like, oh, what's the difference between married and dating? And for us, it wasn't. Like, Mm-mm. we just slid right in because we already had established roles. We were already two individuals. We already, like, lived together. We already knew what the other person needed in that season. Mm-hmm. But just like the the seasons of the years, seasons change, needs change, mm-hmm. things change. There's a rebirth. There's a rebirth. There's life. And then there's love. <laughs> it's a cycle. You feel me? And now we're just trying to share our knowledge and what we've learned with you all. Yeah. So you can get to know us more. You can get a better look inside of dad and mom's relationship and it is not perfect by any means because no. there's a lot of shit that we still Ooh, there's like some things he do i can't stand like, like go you know. through <laughs> and it, you know it's it's all based around communication and how you communicate mm-hmm. and i'm a you tell like tell me direct and she's a you could say something and it could be vague and that, i guess we're both like that actually think, yeah, we're, we're both I like that where i need like Tell me word for word, like what you need and what you want. Yeah, if I'm just like hand me that over there and I'll point to it and I'll, they'll be like the only thing there. They'll be like the only shoes on the ground. I'll be like, hand me that over there. She'll be like, what? What's that? Can you hand me the shoes over there? Yeah, I can get it. I'm like, fam, okay. So again, like we're not coming at this from a standpoint of we know everything. We've just had things tried and tested and we just continue to you know get to the apex and then a different season comes and different challenges come and we navigate those and now you know we're here trying to present them to you so i hope you're grateful (laughs) play some dj Khaled right there dj Khaled, god Uh, did 
right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a trial that we went through on that stage where I, I, did, I think that was our bit our hardest time as a relationship because we were trying to figure each other out. And we didn't know like the love languages. So I, I was showing up for you at first of how I wanted. Like I wanted affection. I wanted touch. And you were more of like acts of service. And so I, I feel like there were so many moments that we were just a little frustrated of like, how come I can't get you right now? How come I'm not figuring out what you need? And it took us like, oh, because I am doing what I think you want. And you were like pushing me away because you're like, I don't want touch. I don't want this. But she, just, she got offended. Like it was her. And it's just like, no, no. Like I just, when I'm not feeling well, like just one rule, don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch, like don't move touch back. You, don't ask you how Ooh, you're doing. Oh, get out the way. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask him how he's doing every 10 seconds. Like give him that time to rest and give him that space. And so I learned that the hard way. And you just got to be okay with me not saying a word to you. Because, again, like, you have to realize, like, when I'm going through some of these six spells, like, I have a rare liver disease, primary sclerosis and cholangitis, and now I have Crohn's that I was diagnosed with two years ago. But, like, my body just feels like it's fighting each other. I go from nausea to extreme pain, mm -hmm. stomach pain, um, the yeah. bloating, the um, hormonal imbalance, like, all of it. It's just a lot. And so sometimes I'm just like, low-key, they're curled up. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't, I'm not trying to have a conversation right now. Like, seeing no, you. don't, don't touch me back up, please. Right. But seeing you in those stages, like. That's, was, that, that was, was the challenge, I think, to that where it, it, I could tell you all I could tell you. But then that was when you truly saw it and you saw how long it lasts. Because when we would being you know up at your place you would kind of see glimpses of it because if yeah. i wasn't feeling well i just wouldn't come up there yeah i just stay home but or like go now home, yeah yeah or go home but now like you can't escape this like now you're seeing me curled up into a ball on the floor or on the bed like yeah i wanted to be in bed all day and it was like i, I didn't know how to like and like i think that was hard is like it was chronic so it wasn't yeah. like I can give you medicine, they'll go away. I can give mm -hmm. you soup and they'll go away. It's like, there was nothing I could really do. And I think I've been struggling with that for a while of, well, then how do I show up for you in those moments? Mm -hmm. And then we discussed this of like, you wouldn't always communicate with me of what you needed. And you kind of expected me just to do the things. And so maybe what you needed at that time was, okay, I'm really tired. So can you pick up the slack and make dinner or do the cooking, do the cleaning. And for me at that age, I'm still like, okay, you just sick. But like, I'm not going to do all this every single time because you feel like this 24 seven. So it was this battle, this back and forth of like, wait, am I taking on all the responsibilities now because you don't feel well? And then this little bit of a selfishness came from me in a sense of like, no, nah, you're good not knowing how bad it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we still deal with it to this day. Yeah, we do. Like, again, like she said, chronic. It's not it's not going away, even though, like, I work my ass off and pay a lot of money to try to feel well just in everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And it, it does help, but there are still some things that just become so difficult to to navigate to where, you know, you just... You just figure it out, but I think that's a great ending. I, I think so like, too. You know, we taught him something, we shared a little story on something, 
you have a little bit of the entertainment factor. <laughs> but, you know, again, if you haven't already, go back and listen to episode one. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us on all the socials. We'll yes. make sure that. And we want to engage. We yes. want to engage you. So drop a comment below and like share with us like, at what point in your relationship did you did you move in? Did you believe in yeah. that? Well, how do you feel about like individuals versus a team? Like, drop some gems for us because we we're still learning too. Yeah, we we we, 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 we early from our audience. Like, yeah, we're early in this. Like, we've been together twelve years, but we've been married for how long? You should, you tell seven? me. Seven. You tell me how long has it been? It's like seven, I think. Seven this August. Okay. Yeah. So it's still early in what we hope will be a long, long marriage. So we want to learn from others too. So drop some comments, drop some gems, and we'll be back with stage three, which is kind of like our, you are my person and you will hear about the proposal and so much more. He put a ring on it, but he ain't got his ring on though. So anyways. Well, that's another thing. We'll talk about that <laughs> on the next pod. <laughs> <laughs>